We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. E. This video brought to you by storyboardthat.com. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 19 of the Principal Cast podcast, hosted by myself. Uh, Spike Cook and Teresa Stagger. Unfortunately, Jessica Johnson couldn't be here tonight. I think it's because our guest is Matt Wenrick, and we're above our quota on hosts from Wisconsin. Now, with all seriousness, uh, we really want to welcome you here. You know that you can connect with us every Sunday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to listen live on TeacherCast.tv. This episode is being brought to you by Storyboard That. Uh, Storyboard that is uh, in a new partnership with TeacherCast, and we're really excited. Um, we have a bunch of different things that will be going on throughout the next couple weeks. We are really recommending you to go try uh, Storyboard That. Um, there's tons of things that you can do on there, and teacher accounts start at just $5.95 a month, which is only $4.46 with the 25% off that you will get through signing up tonight. Go to storyboardthat.com slash teachercast. So, Teresa. That's good. Yeah. How about That's you? That's always a good thing. I'm actually great. Thank you. I, I wanted to say in the chat room, Peggy, Peggy George mentioned during the intro that she has already purchased her storyboard that using the TeacherCast discount. That's awesome. So that's Thank fantastic. you, Peggy. She's awesome. I know, Peggy. Make sure you let us know how you like it because I'm sure it will. Uh, I'm sure that that everyone will love to hear. Oh, she said it's an amazing deal. The monthly subscription that you can cancel every any time, but you probably won't want to. So that's fantastic to know um, because it's probably a newer, um, a newer site for a lot of people. So that's great. I'm doing fine. Um, we had 
finally <laughs> we hit our 100th day of school. I'm not I'm not even really sure that it was the 100th day of school, but with all the snow days we had, we just picked one and stuck with it <laughs> after a while. Right. So we celebrated the 100th day of school, and um, that's about it. Just moving moving forward. What about you? You know, just uh, other than you know, spraining my ankle and. We're, we also celebrate 100 days. That's that's a huge accomplishment in elementary school. Um, yeah, just every, everything's going well, and uh, you know, really looking forward to tonight's topic. We, we've we've been working a lot this month on uh, literacy, digital literacy. You know, through students, teachers, ourselves, and tonight we have an awesome person. We have uh, Matt Wenrick who is, uh, he's the author of Digital Student Portfolios, A Whole School Approach to Connected Learning and Continuous Assessment. And Matt is joining us from uh, Wisconsin. And Matt, just want to say hello, and how are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's, it's very cold here, uh, but we're inside, and, and we're good. I just got back from a weekend with the family in the Dells. Uh, I spent the awesome. weekend uh, just hitting the water parks and I'm doing some uh, much delayed clothes shopping. It's, as principal, something we forget about sometimes. And uh, but my wife was kind enough to remind me that I need new clothes. So <laughs> we're good at that. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, for a long time, my wife did all the shopping for me, and. Uh, just recently, actually, ironically, a few days before I sprained my ankle, I went out to get uh, some new shoes because I've noticed that as I've turned 40. And Matt, I just celebrated my 40th birthday a couple weeks ago. So, Congrats. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been awesome. Um, so I find out that my shoes, I have to have wide shoes now. And um, so I go and I get two new pairs of shoes. And wouldn't you know, the first day that I'm wearing them, I decided to play basketball after school, drive in the lane, roll my ankle. I thought I broke it. I thought I was going to uh, vomit in front of all these students. I thought oh. it was it was bad. I thought I was going to have to get carted out of there on an ambulance. Uh, and then I thought about that. I was like, wow, it was so nice, you know, to have these new shoes, but not shoes that I should be playing basketball in. And anyway, in any rate, um, so Matt, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, because I, I see, you know, you are an elementary school principal, uh, but just want to know a little bit more about yourself and, uh, you know, for everyone who's who's meeting you tonight. Sure. Um, well, Jessica's out. Um, her and um, Kurt Reese were the ones that actually got me on Twitter at a conference about three years ago. Yeah, like, yeah, like two and a half, three years ago. Um, was not connected. I think the most connections I had was Facebook, and I would just post pictures for my parents, you know, things like that. Did not. I was not connected. Um, and then the two of them, along with Todd Whitaker, just really promoted this Twitter and how it's a revolutionary PD um, tool, and it's just kind of been, it's just been from there. It's just it's grown. Uh, from Twitter, I went into blogging, and blogging about my experiences as, a, as an elementary principal. Um, with that, I got connected with some pretty uh, uh, strong minds in technology and literacy. Um, brought iPads into my school uh, starting in 2011, and just started small, and uh, uh, kind of grew from there. We'd, we'd add a few more here, a few more there. We'd add 16 here, um, and so every year I'm writing things for my staff 
uh, here's how you can use iPads, here's how you can do this. And, and this last time I was writing and I was writing and it got so big uh, that I said, well, I'm doing all this work. I wonder if you know, someone would want to publish it. Uh, so I connected with Powerful Learning Practice and then they expressed interest. And so this past summer I spent a lot of time working on the book. So now it's like 90% done. I've got to add some media to it and, and, and finish a few sections, but looking at a late spring publication. It's just an ebook, uh, not going to be in print. Okay, and then who's who's helping you out with that again? The, uh... It's po it's powerful learning practice. Uh, if you're familiar with the connected educator, Cheryl Nussbaum Beach, and then yes. Lanny Ritter Hall. Yep, um, the authors of the connected educator, um, they work pretty well with that. I believe Will Richardson's also. Uh, a co-creator of the Powerful Learning Practice as well. So, um, very cool. Good company. Man. Yeah. Yes. Very wow. good. I learned so much. You know, Teresa. You know, I I met Matt um, a few weeks into my Twitter journey. That I don't know if I've ever told you the story or not. Um, but the first time that I got a direct message from somebody was from Matt, and he, it said that I had. Um, uh, there was a terrible website saying like really bad nasty things about me, <laughs> and I was new to I was new to Twitter, oh. so I immediately like called my superintendent who was the one that said like oh you should you know you should definitely get into Twitter and that you know just you know it'll be great for you and stuff, so, but it was blocked right so I I'm like freaking out like I'm like what what oh, why did I get into this you know, so um. So I couldn't, for some reason, I couldn't get in touch with Matt, and um, I actually called him on the phone. Like, I went onto their website, and I called him, and I was like, hey, I, I just started, you know, you know, with this Twitter thing, and I got this message from you, and he was like, oh, it, it's okay, it's just, it's like a, um, just like a spam sort of thing. It happens, <laughs> I think it happens to everyone. Yeah, it happened to it, it happened to my school Twitter account and my own. It happened once, and I just changed the password. But yeah, yeah. It, it looks scary. Now I I, get, I might get one once a week. Now just yeah, yeah I don't even open it anymore. You know, it, it's like those those oh. uh, Nigerian finance minister uh, emails right. that you get. But like the first one that you get. But he was so cool, and then we had a great conversation. Like we just kind of were chatting. Like I remember, I think it was the winter time because I had gotten yep. started. In, yeah. So we were just talking about all kinds of things about, you know, you know, a couple minutes, uh, you know, chatting and stuff like that. So it was really cool. So uh, I think we talked about my sledding hill. Exactly. Did you know this, <laughs> Teresa, that they no. have a sledding hill? Yes. No. So here's the thing. Like we just had the craziest winter ever in – well, actually, I think they say it's the fourth craziest in New Jersey. I mean just snow and yeah. tons of snow. We missed five or six days of, uh, you know, because of the snow. Which is funny, laughable, because I think like every Sunday night, like Teresa would be like, you know, she's out in Michigan, like, oh yeah, we're probably gonna get ten inches tomorrow, but we'll be in yeah. school, you know. <laughs> and Jessica's getting tons of snow, so I saw, I guess it was a post that you did about sledding, or maybe you just posted a picture, and I'm like, you let yeah. your kids sled during the, um, you know, during the day, and he's like, yeah, of course. Oh yeah, <laughs> we have the best hill. In That's the city. fun. Yes. Yeah, the kids bring their own sleds, and they we kind of like do off days, like the primary kids one day, the older kids the other day. And, uh, no, it's just a blast. The kids have a lot of fun. We teach them, though. We teach them how to sled, and we teach them the areas they can go down. And 
I just to avoid injuries. So. Well, yeah, that's always a good idea. Yeah. That I think that is great. super cool. Do you guys have? I guess you don't have a hill like near you, Teresa. I've never heard you mention. Um, we don't have a an actual, um, like a a grass land hill, but we have so much snow that it's probably they've started. Which they probably do this a lot, in Minnesota. This was actually our number one snowiest. It's like the number three snowiest winter and the number one coldest, and it's I mean it's been ridiculous, but. There's so much mm -hmm. snow that they're actually taking it out with bulldozers and taking it to the nearby parks and and um, like big parking lots that you know they don't need. And but the it goes way above our fence, so you can't even see out. You know you can't. It's like a huge snow wall that's like eight feet tall. So we got. I mean we could probably just slide down the piles of snow. <laughs> it's into the parking lot, but hey, there's snow everywhere. So. We're we're so flat in South Jersey that like there we'd have to build we'd literally have to build a hill in order to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. But um It's a great story. That is so very fun. One of the things I didn't mention uh before we got started is that Teresa does uh, a a great job of monitoring the um the chat room. So if we get questions, uh, which we do a lot, um, she'll be asking those on behalf of the folks in the chat room. Just to, you know, almost like if you were thinking that's like a call-in, you know, type of thing. So um, there so is a slight delay, though, Matt. So just a heads up that you may we may have finished a conversation and then a minute or two later there might be, um, you know, there may be a, a question about it. So I mean, just a heads up that there's a slight delay. Um, but one thing that's very cool, Peggy George says um, that she's very impressed because you've posted a doc with your notes for the show. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Try to prepare. <laughs> and I'm actually on Can you I, give that out I'm, then? I'm, I'm, um, I will, yeah. I've sent out the blog it, already, yep. yeah. And it's an Evernote. All right. Note, and I'm chatting on my iPad. So that's pretty fantastic. cool. Yeah, we we did a show a few weeks ago on um, on that. So can you tell us a little bit about like what are digital student portfolios? Well, um, I think every kid who's connected, you know, through their classroom or on their own, they already have a digital student portfolio. Uh, just like us as connected educators do. Um, we're just we haven't we haven't used it yet maybe for for assessment for learning. So if you think about you know like what in your Teresa and Spike, what what do your teachers use or what do you use to to document student learning right now? Go, you want to take that, Teresa? No, or? go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I was just retweeting something. Go ahead. No problem. Um, I mean, it's very traditional. You know, like they have writing portfolios that go into you know into file folders that are in our front office. You know, and they go from year to year. You know, we have. Um, we have some ability to do, you know, online assessments um, through our through Pearson through uh, Envision Math, but I'm not even sure if that's kept year after year. So basically, um, you know, there are some teachers who are blogging with their kids, like, um, but so that would, you know, that would that would hold on from year to year. But um, it's yeah. pretty traditional right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I. What about you, Teresa? That's that's pretty much pretty much what we're doing too, just very traditional. Yeah. We did just start a one-to-one -one iPad program, so we're mm -hmm. looking at, at definitely ways to make things digital, but we haven't gotten that far yet. Okay. I don't, I think a lot of us are, 
are very close to that. And all I think what we're just trying to do in my school is just put it all into one place so that a parent can go to it or uh, the students can go to it on their own, explore all the, the ways they've shown mastery learning, all the ways they're showing growth, and just have it that kind of that hub um, to show growth over time and to show those celebrations early and often, uh, kind of the success begets success, uh, seeing it. And not just in the school, but in the home too. Uh, and we use Evernote to do that. Uh, and I know you had an excellent podcast. I listened to it today. I was coming home from the Dells, and uh, Jeff did a nice job too of how he uses it. And um, and that's that's really it. it. There's not a whole lot of magic to it, other than we're just choosing to curate a lot of that formative assessment into one spot, so parents, students, and teachers can see it and share it. So, do each of the kids have their own? Like a portion in there, or how, how do you yeah. how are you managing that? You never know. How we're how we're doing it is, and it's still a work in progress. And I can explain more, but um, each teacher has um, a notebook for each of their kids. So if they have twenty kids, they got twenty notebooks. And then as they um, as they do the work, they'll take out their iPad and they'll um, take a snapshot of it within their notebook and it'll be there. So we're big into math facts in our school. So if a kid gets a 100% or 95% with mastery, they'll take a picture of it. It'll be there and then they can share it with parents. So um, that's, oh, that's okay. pretty cool. Yeah, it's kind of like that digital refrigerator kind of a thing. Right. Uh, you know, instead of putting it on the refrigerator, we can just post it in their notebook, share it with the parent and and see it there. So that's the way we got started. It was just showing, just kind of showcasing mastery and things like that. And who's taking the pictures? I mean, are the kids doing it or the teachers doing it or is it just hasn't been like sort um, of... We have, we're not a one-to-one. -one. We're about maybe like a five-to-one, four-to-one, uh, one iPad per four or five kids. Um, K1 definitely it's more teacher-driven just because the kids are still learning how to use it. Right. Uh, third through fifth, and even in some second grade, we're trying to get the kids to take take ownership in that. Um, if they find something that they like, um, then they can use those iPads, snake that snapshot, find their notebook, and put it right in there. Uh, but it's 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 a process. It's not like it happened in one year or two years. We're in our third year, and we're still, you know, trying to. Uh, educate parents on what a digital portfolio is and that you don't have to wait till April to to see all the all the work that they've done you know so it's it takes a while but I think slow is so be a silly question but it's ever unlimited in what you can um, I think in your other podcast you mentioned it's like 60 megabytes free. Um, we're going to, teachers have not gone over that capacity yet. Um, I have a premium account, but um, they have not. So, yeah, I guess that's so what I was, free, you know, cool. it's been free. Yeah, because that's what, I mean, if, if you remember like, on that that show, I don't really use Evernote that much, although I've used it a little bit since that podcast. But uh, you know, I 
that's interesting. So you're just using an existing, uh, basically just an existing account. And I would wonder like what the cost would be moving forward. Would you have to get everybody a premium account or? I, we talked about it. Um, and we bought like the Moleskine notebooks, which gives you like three months of free or premium to try it out. And they just haven't needed it yet. So, which has been great. I don't, you know, anything that's free is, is definitely helped the schools. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, what have been some of the uh, feedback from, like, like say we look at it in three different areas, maybe even four. So other schools, other administrators that you work with, I know like the We Amigos are, are a pretty tight clan, and then your yeah. teachers, your students, and then your parents. Um. <clears throat> Well, uh, with the other connected educators, like I said, I think they all have them. I think they all have some kind of a digital portfolio, whether it's like a classroom blog or um, our students are blogging. Um, they have some form of it. It's just maybe not as as um, formal. Right. Um, teachers, um, everyone's at their different level um, of where they're at. I, I walked into one kindergarten room where – um, the boy had written some uh, uh, nonfiction out, nonfiction writing, and, and then she had him then record his voice in it next to the writing itself. And then when I was just walking through, she's like, "You got to see this," and uh, or hear it really, because then she played it. The writing I couldn't really read, but the audio went right along with it. So no longer does that teacher have to annotate like a primary teacher might write on that kid's writing. You can listen to the kid reading or writing, and you can see what they wrote. So that really is a boon to emerging writers, um, English language learners, who who know what they want to say, have it in their minds, but maybe can't articulate it through writing. And then you know, special students with special needs too. Um, it's just another way to give them that that kind of that uh, self confidence that you are writers, even though you're not putting the words yet on paper like everyone else. So. But then I have other teachers who are just starting still to just take pictures and put it in the in the notebook. So, you know, whether it's getting the audio with the text or just getting pictures in there, it's it's a celebration. I'm always encouraging them. Yeah, that's great. Now think about the next step. All right, cool. Teresa, any questions in the um, in the chat room? Uh, none so far. Everybody's seeming to um, the the big question I think was how the notebooks. Um, whether or not that it was one per student or one per teacher. And then um, Chris Nessie actually made a good comment that you could have notebooks in a stack for the school year because you can create the stacks now. Right. And yep, then you could, move them forward. Yep, you can have each kid a notebook and put it in one stack, yeah. Right, right. That's a good point. But, yeah, but there's just a lot of, a lot of um, interest – Brilliant idea, Peggy says, and uh, Simon Miller says, proving that teachers who learn to use these tools can be more efficient, so taking the time to learn them pays off in many ways. Yes. Learning the technology has been helpful first. So we would spend one, we would spend many sessions, just this is how you take a picture. We would learn the technology first, build fluency in the technology until it got almost second nature, and then they could use it for learning in the classroom, but teaching. So fast-paced and complex, you know, to remember, to, oh, I got to take a picture of that and never know and put it in there. I mean, that, that's hard. Yeah. And so we really worked hard on just building that fluency with technology 
So we learned the technology first, and then we learned how to use the technology in the classroom in powerful ways. So as the principal, Matt, uh, do you have an, uh, a folder in there, and, and are you trying to model this also for your teachers? Like, and Because I know you have your blog, and I know you have other, you know, digital portfolios, but I mean, would mm -hmm. this be something that would be uh, of interest for a, an administrator, maybe even an aspiring administrator? Oh, yeah. I, I have a digital portfolio for every one of my teachers. Mm -hmm. um, actually, I model it for them. Every year, I would, I'll sit down with my teachers and we'll have a coaching conversation. And so then I'll write down in my notebook what, you know, what their goals are, what their aspirations are, how to get there. And I actually had them record their own. They would summarize our conversation. I recorded it in audio. Um, and some of them were a little, you know, apprehensive and understandably so. And I just explained. I said, I just, I want you to put in, put yourself in the kids' perspective when we record their audio, just helping them realize how powerful it is as a tool for reflection. And uh, then I shared it out with them. Uh, as I go to the classrooms, do observations, I'll take a picture in that one note put it in there so it's, it's almost like a progress portfolio it really is for the teachers too so they yeah. see it see themselves and then I the hope is then they can see them themselves in their students place too and kind of create that perspective that's a, but, that's a really cool that's idea. a great idea um, great another idea. way thank you go ahead sorry um, no there's a couple questions are popping up now in the chat room um, Jess uh, Jess, Jessica Johnson's in the chat room, so this is great. Okay. And um, sure, her question is, if students find their notebooks in that account, is there an issue of students looking at other students' notebooks? No, um, because the teacher is the only one that actually has the account. Okay. And the teacher then gives privileges or permissions to that student and their student's family for that one, okay. one notebook. Yep. And you can even set it up for what types of permissions just to see. Or if you have a premium account, then parents can actually add into that notebook. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of interesting if at one point you could say, well, maybe they're doing something for church or a community group and they did something that was really good in writing. That parent could put it in a digital portfolio too. It wouldn't have to just come from school. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. That is a good idea. Yeah. Especially when you're really looking at like high school and, you know, yeah. getting, yeah. I will um, say Jess, that. Oh, I'm sorry, ahead. Matt. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I will. I will say this. Um, our fifth grade team is not using Evernote, um, and the reason why is I was I was just doing a walkthrough in a fifth grade classroom, and they're piloting Chromebooks. And uh, I saw these two boys writing a story, and they're like they have multiple chapters in it, but they're writing in the same story. They're collaborating on the story, and the conversations they were having, and the comments in person, they're right next to each other. It was really powerful, and I'm just thinking, you know, why are you using Evernote for this kind of a portfolio? And I just talked to the teachers and said, hey, do you just want to use Google, and they can create their own sites and put their docs on there? And they're like, yes, thank you. I think they were kind of waiting for that permission. So as a principal, just being okay with it's not going to go the way maybe we envisioned it, but more important, are the kids able to, to showcase their work, their learning in, in powerful ways and, and not letting the tools get in the way? Yeah, that's one thing about Evernote is it's kind of static. Yeah. Um, especially if it's a PDF or if it's a photo, whereas Google is very dynamic and you can change it all the time. So, you know, it's 
that's good to see though. It's kind of growing organically. It's it's no longer a digital portfolio. It's it's my writing. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. you know it's my work. You know just kind of like our stuff. We don't call our stuff portfolios. It's it's our work. It's our blog. It's our you know and that's what we eventually want it to be. So digital portfolios are just kind of that almost those training wheels for kids to um, start to interact online and show their learning. You know for a broader audience. That's great. Um, Jess, um, Jessica Johnson wanted to know what is in your portfolio for each teacher? I started with our coaching conversation. So I wrote notes in my Moleskin notebook. I scanned it in. And then I had them record themselves summarizing what their goals were. Um, then after that I put in their professional development plan. And this was really nice because it's all on paper. And what I used to do in the past was I would have them write it out. Um, they were like smart goals. And then I would sign it. After they signed it, they would make a copy, put it in their mailbox. I would have a copy, and I'd file it away. Well, now all I have to do is just take my iPad, scan that in after I sa uh, sign it, and give it right back to them. So it's almost like I'm feeling you know, lighter in a sense in that um, I just don't have all this paperwork. Uh, not that I want to go paperless. I, I like paper, but for some things, it's just nice just to have it somewhere and not have to worry about it anymore. Very cool. So, can you tell us a little bit about the uh, the the writing process that you went through and and working on this? You said that you you spent a lot of time this summer, um, you know, working on it. But uh, you know, you know, how did you approach it? And and what are, what are our listeners going to be looking forward to with this book? Is it uh, you know, you know, is it is it going to be like a practical sort of thing, or you know, what what are they looking forward to? Uh, <clears throat> well, it started this summer. Um, like I said, I made like these like the first year we had iPads, I made these little booklets and I gave it to my staff as like a guide. And so I made another one this past summer. Well, I thought I was. I kept writing and I wrote and it grew and it grew and it grew. And uh, I'm like. You know, this is bigger than just a booklet. And so then I submitted it to Powerful Learning Practice. And, and that's what they're interested in. I wouldn't say it's just my book, but the kind of book they're looking to publish is, you know, short. If it was a paper book, 100 pages or less. Um, I, I ground it in research. I ground it in some formative assessment strategies. And I list a lot of the resources in that link on my post. But, but you'll see a lot of stories. I guess I try to write it as a story almost. Okay. Like here where we were our first year, here's where we were our second year, and here's where we're at now. And then here's where we might be next year or five years down the road. So I kind of show it, you know, kind of warts and all, um, the ups and downs of the mistakes that I made. Um, but we always try to rephrase them as learning opportunities. These aren't mistakes when you're taking risks and, right, and trying right. something new. It's, it's, it's all about growth and and celebrating those little small things and just continuing to move forward. So uh, I try to profile, I think I profiled like five different staff members. Um, uh, a secondary person, a fourth grade person, a, a fifth grade, first grade, um, I think a specialist teacher, and then a specialist. Um, so trying to give the, the, the teacher profile, not just me speaking, but you know, what is the teacher's position on these things too. So. Very cool. I like that. So it's going to be very practical, hands-on. Yes. Yep. And uh, and and available in digital form. Yes. 
Not print. Not Which print. Which makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's a digital portfolio. Yeah, yeah. You know. Digital portfolio. <laughs> um, there was a question in the chat room, Matt, about, and there's actually a really good conversation going about, on about it, but I think it would be interesting to get your take on it as well. Is there ever a hesitancy to use any of these tools because of how rapidly they evolve and sometimes they're getting bought or acquired? Such as yeah. Evernote or anything like that? We've really worked on teaching and learning the concept of online interactions and, and storing things online and sharing things online so that if Evernote went kaput tomorrow, I think we understand the concept well enough that we could reach out to another program, another software, and use that. So, uh, But we tried a couple. We tried Dropbox. Uh, I like Dropbox for storage and for backup. It doesn't work for us anyway for digital portfolios. It's just it, it doesn't have enough tools and features within it like the audio recording to make it really good for, for digital portfolios. We tried another one which is more of an app and it just it was just too cumbersome. I think the, the technology has got to be very easy mm -hmm. for this to be embedded in classroom instruction, especially with formative assessment, which happens on the fly. So, Matt, what application did you use to write the book and organize your thoughts over time? I used Google Doc. Yeah. Google Docs. It's one Google Doc right now. It's just floating out in cyberspace right now, <laughs> waiting to be published. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, but it, it's interesting because then I'll, what I've been doing is printing like a chapter at a time. Because I still need that paper oh. feel, and I need to go back into that paper, and I still have a little binder stored away, and then I'll I'll call someone up who who I had interviewed or I had observed, have them walk me through it, what I actually saw, rewrite it, go back in. So, um, yeah, so paper's been involved. You know, it's not totally paperless. <laughs> Everybody just want to remind you that uh, this episode of uh, Principal Cast is being brought to you by uh, storyboardthat.com slash teachercast. Check out storyboardthat.com. This could connect in, too, a little bit, Matt, with what you're talking about. I don't know how familiar you are with that, but it could be another um, opportunity for students, you know, when they're creating digital content to um, put that into their portfolios. Well, that's what's nice about Evernote is you can put a link in there. You can put anything. You can put your blog in there into the note. I mean, you can have your own note just for the blog post you've written. Um, so it, it works for really anything. Um, I did notice uh, Craig Yen wrote, uh, fifth grade teachers showcasing their work through Google Docs and more. Not all need to be on board. That's a very good question, a good point to bring up. Um, bringing everyone on board. Um, we started really small. I, I think maybe a dozen teachers started with iPads. It wasn't the whole school. Um, and that really helped a ton was the people who were eager to get on it. Uh, Todd Whitaker talks a lot about this in Leading School Change. But uh, they kind of sold it in a sense. Instead of me saying, you got to do this, um, they saw the benefits of it. Um, so then and it was kind of part of the deal, too, when we got iPads. If you wanted an iPad right away, you would had to try these digital portfolios. Um, oh. But starting small really helped. And getting the people who wanted to do it on board first. Yeah, I, it's 
instead of just saying here this grade level is going to do it or um, you're all doing it. It just it made the buy-in a lot easier. Yeah. Absolutely. And Craig Yen is an awesome, awesome individual. <laughs> that guy is so supportive of the principal cast. So oh I'm glad that you saw that. Yeah. Love that guy. So, yeah, um, Teresa, do yeah. you have any other questions from there? Because I, I have a big question. But I'm going to wait until after yeah, we're done with this. I, I do. And I think great. that this is a pretty – this should be a pretty quick one. It says, uh, do you try to carry student portfolios from year to year, or are you creating new ones each school year? That is a good question. Um, I think it's hard because you – I don't know, <laughs> to be honest. We're not we there yet. Haven't gotten that far yet. Haven't got that far yet. And I don't yeah. really address that in the book, but um, that's a really good question. I, with Evernote, it's very easy to share those notebooks if you're familiar with it. I know you, Teresa, yeah. use it a lot. Yeah. Um, you can very easily share those and make them, kind of the owner of it. Okay. Uh, at the same time, I can see the benefits of starting over. So yeah. I don't know. It really depends on the content too. I think writing would really benefit from longitudinal year after year after year of writing. I think that'd be really cool. Um, I guess what I would see more is teachers creating their notebooks new each year for those students she, they, she or he has new that year, and then the prior teacher sharing certain notes with that teacher and okay. putting it into their notebook. So like if they learn math facts and addition and subtraction in second grade, but in third grade they learn multiplication. They're probably not going to put those mastery types of things in there. But the writing, yeah, I think it should go in there. And then after three or four years, I mean, you're going to see huge growth. Um, it'll really give those teachers a kind of a leg up, um, almost like they're looping in a sense. Right. Because right. they've seen so much of it. And they can hear them reading it, too, if you put the audio in, actually having them read their own writing. It could really kind of hit the ground running, in a sense, in their literacy. So... I think that could be really cool. Yeah, I, I guess we haven't gotten that far. We probably should. So. <laughs> Already. By the end so of the year, more. it might be. <laughs> we'll figure it out. You know. That's right. So. And your district is um, – this isn't my big question, though, Teresa. But you, <laughs> So we're still, on, we're still on this topic. But okay. uh, I have a Twitter question for Matt. But I've been dying to ask him, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. So how many schools are in your district, uh, Matt? Ele elementary, we have yeah. – Six, I think, six, seven. Oh, okay. So you're you're in a big system because I'm one of I'm one of six elementary schools, but then Teresa is just a, a one you know one I'm school. A standalone. Within. She's a standalone. So are all the other schools using this? And my second part of that question is, do you have a high um, transfer rate? You mean uh, students coming in and out? Yes. Yeah. Um, not not every school is using this. They have their own things kind of going. Um, what we've been doing as principals, though, which has been kind of cool, is I'm in charge of the principals group. We have a meeting once a month. And so every month I teach them something about Evernote. So they each have a Moleskine yeah. notebook. I showed them how to do that. Uh, the last thing we showed them how to do was to um, – I can't remember. I want to show them how to create a blog through Evernote. If you're not familiar with the app Postachio, uh, it's it's a very cool app where you can actually put your notes and audio and images right into a note, and when you just put in the tag published, um, it'll go right to the a blog through Postachio. 
So for Ooh, principals wow. looking, to, it's very, it's like the easiest blogging platform I've ever seen. Can't wow. really write comments on it or anything, but it's for anyone looking to get started in blogging, Postashio is a very good tool. Um, you can create one free blog with your account. I'm a member of the Lions Club here in town, um, and I that's how I do our blog on our website. Is I'll just I'll be in a meeting and I'll take see a picture of something like we were collecting beer hides. Uh, I took a picture of the flyer, clicked published uh, as a tag, and it, it came up on their site. It just it's super easy, and um, so if a principal's looking to like get connected, that's a, that's a nice way to do it. But that's how we're learning is we're learning more from a principal's perspective. Right. And if they they choose to do that through a as their way to do digital portfolios, you know, so be it. I think that's great. But we talk about it, but it's not. I don't know. It's not been at the forefront. What Jay, was the um, other question? Sorry. There, oh no, that's okay. There was um, I don't know that there was another question, but I th Adam Clark was saying that he's using uh, some students that are building digital portfolios on Google sites. Did you look at mm -hmm. Google sites at all? Yeah, that's what the fifth graders in my school are using. Oh, right, 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 right. Yep, yep, that's yes. what they're doing. Um, because, like I said, the collaboration aspect of Google Docs is when I witnessed it, I'm like, yeah, I'm holding you guys back. You know, you need to be using Google. So, And then our middle school uses Google a lot. We're a Google Apps for Education District. Um, so they were just ready, and, and that's good. So, uh, But, yeah, Google's great at Moto. Is a great learning management system that could yeah. serve as a digital portfolio. Um, if you're familiar with Kathy Cassidy's uh, book, Connected from the Start through Powerful Learning Practice, she talks a lot about blogging with her first graders, like through Kid Blog, Edu Blog. That's an excellent way to do digital portfolios. So, you know, in the book, I speak through you know the the lens of Evernote and iPads, but I try to end it with showing just different ways to do it, and um, it's more the concept and more the the high-level thinking and reflection and growth that happens through them, not the tool itself. It's a good thing to remember is that it's not about yeah. the tool, it's about the process. Although Evernote's a really awesome tool. It is. <laughs> it is. It's changed my life. Yeah, it really is. It's, and every yeah. time they improve it, it gets better. That's the one thing about it is they're so innovative that like you create a screencast for Evernote and they've updated it and you've got to redo it because the whole layout Right. Totally different. Everything's so, changed. Yeah, yeah but it, it's, it's it really a, is a wonderful site. So, any other questions from the the chat room before we transition into our final phase of our interview with Mr. Matt Renwick? I don't think so. They're talking about um, Simon Miller's just saying uh, he just went to a presentation on Pistachio, um, mm -hmm. and he says it's very very cool. Um, they mm -hmm. tried out. It's very easy to use. A lot of people agreeing with Edmodo and um, assignments. I guess their assignments being aligned with Common Core coming soon with Edmodo. Craig mm -hmm. Yen just mentioned that. Um, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff wants to know who is your favorite Wisconsin educator. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I feel like that's a trap. <laughs> yes. Who asked that? Jeff. <laughs> no. Mr. Bradbury. Uh, not going to answer that one, I don't think. No. I wouldn't. <laughs> it's a trap. It's a trap. It's this a parachute trap. is a backpack. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. 
Good call. So, Spike, what is your biggest? My my your big big question. Big big question is, and because I think it was like pretty symbolic. I mean, it's like you know, it's only a few artists have really done this, like like Prince and and a couple other people. Like he changed his Twitter uh, his Twitter name uh, to read by example, and I and I was oh, yeah. I, I was curious about that. Um, before I did the digital portfolio book. I was trying to work on a book called Read by Example instead of, you know, like lead by example, read by example. And that was my big thing was literacy. So I wrote probably the first two chapters of it. Um, but I just didn't feel like I was on the job enough as a principal, as an elementary principal. Uh, so I just kind of stopped and put it on hold. Uh, but I think eventually I want to come back to it. But I just like the ring of it. And um, I used to be how principal, but then. I kind of wanted to differentiate myself from my school, right. I guess. Not in a, not that it's a bad thing, but just, no. you know, if I, like, they're talking about right now um, going away from the Common Core, you know, which, you know, Common Core isn't perfect, but we've invested so much into it in Wisconsin that to go away from it for political reasons is just it's not wise. So I was tweeting out to my representatives, you know, please oppose this bill. And I don't feel like I can do that if I'm how principal yeah. or, or something right. like that. So it just helped me be able to be a, a true professional and not just and not represent my school. But yeah, very yeah. cool. So we have a little game that we like to play with our guests. <laughs> okay. And it's just a little word association. Oh, no. So I will say <laughs> – Oh, no. <laughs> this is live, right? Yeah, it is live. No, there's a minute delay. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then <laughs> once it starts, then we also get some uh, suggestions from the folks in the chat room. So play a little word association. The first uh, yeah. word that's coming up, and then you know all you have to do is just share with us you know, what comes to mind. Mm -hmm. But it only has to – it can only be one word. Uh, the first one is actually Common Core. Rigor. Oh. Okay. Well played. <laughs> well played. <laughs> I think um, the last time we did this, uh, we're really glad that you're answering, you know, in words because we had Eric Scheninger on, and he actually answered some in um, sounds. sounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, ready? I'm gonna, next ready. one is going to be. Education reform. Overdone. Okay. Teresa, let me know if you have any or if any pop up in there. Um, reading. 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 Um, learning. Very nice. Did, Teresa, are we supposed to take turns? No, 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 no. Oh, no, uh, no, that's no. for you. <laughs> that's all you. It's no, okay. Spike was just asking. Sometimes um, in the chat room, they have a. Oh, here's another one. Just has one. See, we're on that delay, so this is kind of where it plays in. Sure. So I did give them the time for word association so that they could jump in because we sometimes let them um, find some fun ones to ask you. So Jessica Johnson has a word association for you, and it is indoor recess. <laughs> <laughs> Spring. <laughs> <laughs> Come uh, faster. Yes. 
Um, All right, we'll we'll give him a second or two to to see if we have any more. Usually they're pretty fun with these because yeah, they, it's they love it. Kinda, I will fun. say, if I can just bring up while we're waiting, yeah, um, it just a couple of other things that kind of from the book that I'm going to highlight, but um, just recently, just some one teacher wanted her kids to journal, and she's like, well, what if I just created a note in each kid's notebook that's just like their journaling notebook, like a diary. I said, oh, that's brilliant. I, you know, and I think that's one of the benefits of allowing teachers to to have, you know, it, it's yeah, you have to, but just giving them that room to be creative and to think differently. And um, I never would have thought of that because I don't have that classroom perspective, you know, um, where they do. And so it's private. It's it's their own little note. They can share it out, but they can do it right on the iPad and type. But it's their own little journaling note. I just thought that was really smart. Another one, yeah. a teacher. I'm just looking at my notes. A teacher, uh, one of her kids, this is fourth grade, a kid had uh, just struggling to see himself as a writer. And so what she did was she took a picture of him in each stage of the writing process when he was actually doing the work. And then she showed her, she showed him all of those images of him actually writing just to build that agency with him. Say, so you are a writer. Aww. Here's the proof. So really just some powerful self-assessment reflection things you can do. Things I never would have thought of. Um, like I said, because I don't have that perspective as a teacher, so it's so important to bring teachers into these these whole school change processes. It's and it just takes you into areas you never would have expected, and uh, it's it's really neat to see that once we built that fluency with technology, uh, to see them actually um, that you know just are really cool. That's wonderful. That's a very yeah, very that's cool, very powerful. Very powerful. Um, Two more mm -hmm. word associations for you. Uh, one of them is from Mr. Chris Nassi, and it is homework. Mm -hmm. Okay, I've skipped the first two in my mind. Um, <laughs> minimal. 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 Okay. Minimal. Okay, that's a good one. And the last one from Miss Jessica Johnson is, oh boy. is <laughs> Inbox Zero. Oh, the good one. <laughs> you know, yeah, email. It's like yeah, impossible. That's always, yeah, I, like I it love it. Right, I'm at a hundred now. Right now, I didn't check my email at all hardly this weekend, which is good. But you always end up with homework on Mondays. But that's the thing with social media too, and these connections is that it's never about inbox zero. It's about filling it up. Um, right. You're smarter that way. And, and emails viewed in a much different sense. It's it's about reducing and getting rid of it, and, mm -hmm. and clearing it out. And, and we just don't feel that way about uh, being connected. And so that's I think why more people are reaching out to this kind of stuff. It's we're not assigning each other. We're building on each other and building a collective intelligence. It's another really good point. Wow, mm -hmm. that's very powerful. I know. Very so, cool. So Mac, tell us uh, again. Um, you know, where can we and our our listeners find you, and uh, and then just also like give us a time frame too on when you plan to be uh, publishing the book. Oh, you can reach me at Twitter uh, at at Read by Example. Uh, my blog uh, is reading readingbyexample.com. It's a WordPress blog. Um, I try to respond to everyone's comment if they ever comment on there, just with a thanks or try to continue the conversation. Um, 
and then from there you can get me through email and things like that. So um, book looking to be published late spring. So I plan on taking some time on spring break, taking maybe a week, kind of a text sabbatical, just no social media. It's going to be kind of hard, but just kind of focus in on kind of completing it sometime in April and getting it ready to be published. And then Jessica has agreed with Kurt Reese, um, who are two of my favorite Wisconsin educators. <laughs> uh, but, they, but they agreed to write the forward for it. Um, they're the two that got me connected, and I thought that was appropriate. So I think it's kind of cool that two people are going to write the forward. And it's going to be, I'm sure, in a Google Doc. It's going to be collaborative. It'll be, a, you know, it, it, it kind of fits well with the whole theme of the book. Uh, but we're looking at late May, early June, probably being published. So they are two different people because I always – it's like – it's weird. It's always like one person I see you know, at a time, and I don't know. It's, it's, it's funny we, things going on with the We Amigos. Yes. Awesome. Uh, so we will uh, make sure to connect with you on Twitter. Um, Matt, it's been awesome uh, having you on tonight. We are so excited. Yeah, thank I think you. you you did an awesome job. We really appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Well, I think Principal Cast is doing some really cool things. I've listened to a couple podcasts already. I'm trying to keep up, but uh, I do enjoy listening to them. I'm glad you're doing this. We, there's not enough of that out there for principals, so thank you. Thank well, you. I, and, and she doesn't take enough credit, but the person who really got this started was Teresa. Do you know that she's a first-year principal? And she's wow. like, yeah, I want to get started doing a weekly podcast, and she's <laughs> blogging, and she's doing all this stuff. So she, is re she has a really awesome um, perspective on all this. Uh, and can you imagine being in your first well, year? I was just looking to survive my first year. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> This helps. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This... It does help in survival. Yeah. I won't lie. And it's so, funny yeah. because some of the things that she shared with us, like Jessica and I are just like, oh my God, you had to, you had to deal with that and you like you just started? So it's been <laughs> it's been quite a year, so we're all learning too. That's right. So yeah, thank you cool. again, Matt, so much. It was wonderful having you, and best of luck with everything. Yeah. Um, everyone's very excited for the book. Jessica says she hopes she can do the forward justice. And, oh, uh, I'm sure she will. And everybody's very happy for, for the, uh, the conversation tonight, so thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, everybody, thanks again for uh, tuning in to Principal Cast. Uh, just want to say that thank you to our sponsor tonight, uh, storyboardthat.com. Uh, go visit storyboardthat.com slash teachercast. Uh, you'll, you can sign up f with a 25% reduced uh, rate of only $4.46. Uh, teachers get an unlimited, uh, unlimited account. So thanks again to uh, storyboardthat.com. I also want to thank our lovely co-host, Teresa Stagger, who is available at all times through at Principal Stagger on Twitter. She loves to uh, answer uh, tweets at all times of the day. It doesn't matter what time zone you're in. It doesn't matter what time zone you're in. And then our other co-host who popped in on the chat She's because she chat. was she was uh you know with her sick child uh jessica johnson and she is at principal j and the always present 
an awesome edu triplet dad, Jeff Bradbury. Um, he's our producer, and he does a great job with the show. And you can follow him at TeacherCast, and also make sure to connect with him um, on his blog platform at TeacherCast.net, or you could even connect with him for his um, podcast at TeacherCast.tv. You want to know? Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, Frank. no, you go ahead. Because as I say, you know, you know what's coming up next week, uh, Teresa. What is coming up next week, Spike? Well, I'm not really sure because <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, next week we are actually getting into March, and everyone knows that oh. March is like ASCD National Conference time. Unfortunately, I won't be there this year, but um, so we're going to be starting to talk a lot about that. But on March 2nd, next Sunday, we're going to be shifting gears a little bit and talking about how to sell Facebook and Twitter for parent communication. Um, and this just in, Amber Tiemann is confirmed to join us. <gasps> Fantastic. Yeah, so Fantastic. very exciting. Yes, it'll be a, a great show. And uh, for Jessica Johnson, who can't be here tonight, <laughs> I will leave you with Principal Cast out. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com B-E.